So welcome everyone uh, for this uh, session about best traverse practice. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, mainly about leveling of the instrument and the differences you will see when you're doing your moving around with your traverse bases and your instruments uh, so we get a better insight of why it's happening. Uh, and this is actually not really unique for any trimble to the station is valid for every every survey instrument but it's good to be aware of uh, yeah i'm working on trimble optical and imaging uh, divisions and uh, my name is robert young working there as a product manager for s series and uh, the tcu the control unit that you can clip onto your instrument. So coming to a little bit more of my background here, if, if it's changed slides, I don't know why. Uh, so uh, nice photo from old days when I was out uh, there, I was actually in sales. I have been on for Trimble for many years. Now it's up to 30 years. Uh, and uh, as I said, today I'm working as a product manager. I have been mainly doing that, actually working with developing of new instruments and system for most of my time, actually, is to support uh, R&D with uh, market feedback from a surveyor uh, to help them to develop new products. So I'm based in Sweden, if you don't understand the flag there, it's a Swedish flag, uh, but I'm part of the product marketing team. We're sitting in Westminster, Colorado, so we work closely together uh, as a team uh, because in the Android, in the site there, um, we are developing uh, our S-series and SX instruments. And we also have uh, production in Sweden and this is the only production. Some people ask if we're doing producing the S-series elsewhere, but it's coming out only from Sweden. So before I started on Trimble, I was actually out surveying for 10 years. Uh, so I have been surveying for four, like 40 years now. Uh, so I started as a surveying consultant. Uh, I was driving around a lot, especially in Sweden, but also in some Nordic countries. Uh, so you can see some nice old photos, as you can see, as they are old. The snowmobile was old already when I started, so <laughs> it was not a new one, fancy one. Then I was on a big uh, bridge project in Norway. It's interesting to be a consultant because you do everything. Uh, that's a funny thing. Also, when I don't work, this is how it looks like out barbecuing with my boat, with families and kids. And Stockholm has a lot of water around, so it's a lot of easy access points to go out and have some nice time. Or I also like to do skiing. Uh, these are my three kids. So uh, let's start and see where we go with this. I think most of you are aware of the principle, what you do when you do the traverse. Uh, so like you have two reference points that you start with and you maybe come back to these two points or you 
uh, enter to the two other points in the end. And then you will lay, like to lay out some new points. So what you do, yeah, you put up your tripod and so on. I don't have photos on that, uh, but you put up your prism and everything and uh, on the backside and then you level that with the traverse bubble that you have in with you. And then you're coming to the uh, next reference points. You put up your instrument and this one you level uh, with your instrument bubble. And then you put up on the new point, uh, a new set of uh, prism and lakes. And there you level it with the traverse bubble. And then you measure your angle. Uh, to this point and when that's done yeah it's time to move things around and uh, swap them out uh, and then as they are already leveled you will try to keep it uh, the leveling and this is what we're going to look into uh, why it might not show exactly the same data and then you measure your next angle and then we continue in the same way. You level your next setup and you measure your angle and then you move to the last point and you measure your uh, angle to that point. So basically instrument bubble is only used actually one time. In other case, you rely on your uh, traverse bubble uh, on all other setup. And I put a smiley there because it's a uh, Basically, it's not the problem. And that is what we're going to do a little bit deeper dive into. So you probably have seen this. Uh, why won't the instrument bubble match the bubble in the traverse equipment? So you try to level your traverse equipment perfectly and then the instrument is coming and you can see it might look different. And uh, which one is correct or best? Or should I re-level it at each setup? Try to adjust these small um, differences you see. Is that worth doing or not? And what impact will it have on your uh, result? So let's start with the instrument bubble. Instruments compensator or the bubble is uh, it's very accurate. It's uh, half a second uh, accuracy on it. So you can level it uh, very, very accurately. If you look into the traverse base specification for that uh, leveling device is uh, 45 seconds per two millimeter. There are lines, you, the black lines you can see on the photo there, there it's two millimeter between each of these two lines. Uh, but you can level it better than that. So I would say you're probably coming around like five seconds at least, or maybe up to 10, depends on how much time you want to spend with this. So now we're comparing what we typically have done. It's a perfectly level traverse base. Uh, so in this case, I put this traverse base up on my uh, tri-brack and 
is on a pillar actually to have it even more stable. And then I mowed it out and I put in my instrument and then you can see here that it's actually indicates 59 seconds off here when I come in with my instrument. Or actually we can do the opposite of course. I, then I leveled my instrument perfectly first and then I moved in the traverse base and then of course it will not be in the middle there. Yeah, and I have calibrated both compensator here and I also calibrated the, the, the bubble before I started. So I know it can't really be much better. So this is really the differences you will have. To really be aware of the differences you see between the more accurate instrument bubble you, has nothing to do with the less accurate bubble in the traverse space. It's not that's not that's why you see the differences on on these uh, bubbles. So in this case, I uh, took up uh, three other uh, bases with levels and compared these ones. So the first one I leveled, so it was perfectly. And then I just move the other ones in to it in the same setup. So base number two, it was actually off with two lines. That's about 90 seconds. And the third one, it was about one line. So it's around 45 seconds. And uh, the fourth one was also about the line, but this one was to the left. The other ones was to the right. Yes, we can see that basically all of the traverse bases, they are different. Hmm, what's going on? It looks really bad if you just see this. So isn't my equipment accurate? Will my measurement be accurate? Can I trust the result? And we can actually comfortably say yes on all of these, luckily. Uh, even if you can see that the, these differences is nothing you actually have to worry about. And I'm going to explain why uh, in the coming slides. So in the perfect world, you know that we don't have that. That means that instrument, the bottom surface of the instrument is mechanical perfect, perpendicular to the instrument up and also then down to the tri -brack. And as I said, this was the perfect world uh, that don't exist. And then we also have, of course, some collimation and trunnion axes, but I have not included them. Uh, they are not perfect either, but we can correct for these ones. In the real world, uh, we do woo manufacturing the instrument or the traverse bases and the tribracks, we know that it will be a mechanical uh, surface that we need to try to make as good as possible. But they will never really be 100-100% perfect. So you will have some mechanical uh, deviation there in the bottom of the instrument. 
as I said before, uh, the collimation and trunnion axis tilt can be compensated for in the firmware, so we don't have to deal with the, these ones. So yeah, as I said more before as well, it's diff instruments are also different. So it could looks like a uh, little bit of, uh, could be in any directions of this bottom part of the instrument. And basically all instruments are unique. So in this case, I did about the same test I did with the, with the base with level. I leveled one instrument perfectly into my uh, tri-break. And then I mowed the other instruments into the, exactly the same. And I can see here, you can see that deviation is slightly smaller. It's like 15 seconds. This one was up to 35 seconds. So there are different, all of them. And then we also have the tribrax uh, as well. First, a little bit of the principle of the tribrax, so we know how it works. Uh, when you put down your instrument, there are actually three points that are slightly higher in this tribrax. If you have looked down, you can see them. They are small round circles, and they, this level is slightly higher than the surface around it. So instrument bottom part will get support from uh, these three points. And to create these three points perfectly mechanical will also be really impossible. Uh, so it will be slightly tilted plane on each tribrack as well, as there are three mechanical points that needs to match uh, perfectly. And these are of course also all different. And the traverse base, yeah, you can guess it has the same problem as the instrument. Uh, they will also have some deviations from the manufacturing. And all of them will be unique. So we have at least four different mechanical surfaces that all needs to match during a traverse, which is really not possible. So you have the bottom part of your instrument going to sit down in the in one tribrack, and then you have your traverse base that's going down in the next tribracks. And then you probably also have more tribracks in the next setup, so it will be more or less six different mechanical surfaces that you're playing around with in a normal traverse. To just give you a little bit uh, more background on the challenges we have to produce the instrument. As I said, it will never be 100% perfect. A minor deviation of one mi is what we call it here. It's like you can see uh, is what it is. It's more or less very, very, very small deviation that will already give you 60 seconds leveling difference so that the manufacturing tolerances are very, very high, but anyhow, it will end up with something that you will see uh, in, in, in this leveling. 
And in the traverse base, that will be about 1.5 lines, the 60 seconds. Uh, coming to the more important things for you, uh, what impact will it have on my result then? So if we say that the worst case, the mechanical mismatch is extreme. So it comes to the all the way out to the compensator range limit, that's 5.4 minutes. Uh, then your error will only be like 0.3 of a millimeter uh, or 0.2 second. But yeah, it's uh, easier to show like this. If it's tilting, it will be an angle uh, deviation there of 0.2 second. And if it's tilt towards the, the target, it will have an impact of very, very small. Uh, but we will never come up, so it come out to the compensator range limit anyhow. We will be still far away from that. So even if this data is very, very small, so the reality, it will be even smaller. So it will be completely ignorable uh, when you do this. And this is also the same thing when you set up, if you don't do a traverse, how accurate should you level your instrument uh, for off the setup for your surveying? You actually don't need to do it that accurately. Uh, it won't help your accuracy in your measurements. Uh, you can still, uh, compensator is, as I said, it's very, very accurate. So if you don't level it perfectly when you start, you will still have accurate measurements out of the system. I also looked into uh, different uh, bottom part of our instrument. When you move them into the, the tri-brax uh, to see, but these are very, very small deviation between these two to get to the center. The center position of it is just 0.1 millimeter uh, between different bases. Yeah, which one is the most correct then? And how should I calibrate the bubble? In general, we can't really say which one is the, uh, is the, is the best one and the most correct one. Each unit needs to be calibrated independently as, as a unit. Uh, I have seen some people, they believe that the instrument bubble is digital and you get very, very accurate. So they level the instrument uh, perfectly and then, uh, then you put in the base with level and try to adjust that bubble to, to match it, but then you you're actually losing uh, that it will not work uh, as it has its own mechanical tolerances. So had to be calibrated individually. So summary from this would be, uh, yeah, you can calibrate your instrument bub bubble regularly if you want. Uh, it's, it's fairly stable, but it have, of course, impact from weather and temperatures and others, so won't hurt to do some calibrations. And the same to look on for the traverse uh, base and, 
and check it. As I said before, then you should not worry about the leveling differences between the different units. Uh, I typically never touch this tri-brack screws during a traverse because it won't really make anything better. I, I really do the last one instead. You have a lot of other things to think about to get to measure, to have key in your correct prism types, you get the right constants, measuring the heights, getting temperatures right and so on. So if you instead spend your time there in looking into uh, get everything else correct, then you don't have to worrying about these uh, differences you see in the bubble. That was uh, what I was going to present today. Uh, let's see if we have got any questions. Let's see if Chantal can help me out. Yeah, um, just one question has come into the chat so far. And if anyone has more questions, feel free to send them in there. Um, with the S-series and a TSC3, when measuring a traverse, it asks for the number of rounds and the number of sets. Typically, I would take eight readings per prism. Should I measure one round with eight sets or eight sets with one round? Uh, I typically do, I don't uh, see if the question was fairly long, but I typically run <laughs> uh, the rounds around and, and, and go back again instead of doing a lot of measurement to one prism and then do a lot of measurement to the next prism. It's better to spread it out in time. Could that have been the answer on it? Uh, doing my typically round is just doing like three rounds, but in in both phases uh, to all points. Uh, if it want any more accurate, yeah, you can you can add more rounds, but I typically do all the points before I I I restart again. I think that answers it, but um, comment back on us if we got that wrong. And we've got more questions coming in now. Um, what is the recommended tool for calibrating a prism base? The is it the puck with a bubble? Like a bubble uh, the, I think uh, the puck with the bubble is something service shops have have used to uh, to check their bubbles. But you can uh, as a procedure to to really calibrate your uh, base, uh, uh, there, yeah, it's you have to do it in a many steps to to level it, and then you have these uh, adjustment screws. Uh, maybe if I can go back some slides and show where we have uh, this screw on on this. I don't know if you see my mouse. Do you see it? Yes. Ah, here you have it. So basically you put up your bubble as you typically do when you level it and then you turn it 90 degrees, you get it there and then when it's level you, you go back. And when you have it like this and you think you have leveled everything perfectly, you turn it 180 degrees and then you look if the bubble turns away on the other side, you adjust it with this one half of the error you see here. Uh, 
and then you do it in the other direction as well and then after that you level it back again with the foot screws so it comes perfectly and then you uh, do this procedure once again so you don't really need a puck i would say that's a, i only see it on the service shop so you you can do it without any tools and uh, there are tools in your uh, case for these ones it's basically just a small pin that needs to fit in here and then you carefully just adjust it and it's very visible you will see which direction it goes when you turn this uh, screw great uh, next question is would you say that using a detail pole with a bipod would be accurate enough for use as a foresight or a backsight? Uh, I don't trust the poles. I typically say that you, it's more like for me, it's like centimeter level of uh, when you do, because you get your prism up like 1.5 meter is the lowest and and it's hard to really level it. I would say, I say centimeter, but I, of course you can get it better uh, but I don't really have so much good experience. Uh, but if you don't have anything else, it's better than nothing. But uh, I, I would prefer a, a real uh, setup with uh, tripod and the traverse base and so on. Depends on what accuracy you want on everything. Because when you do a normal traverse, uh, even if you have anything slightly wrong in your leveling to the ground you don't touch anything uh, so i mean your traverse will still be intact it's only the your area you get down to the ground and uh, that could have but your complete traverse will be much much better and instead of doing it with the rod uh, on on all setup yeah agreed um the, we've got quite a few questions coming in, so uh, we might have to start answering them as quickly as we can. The, uh, how big is the impact of temperature in traverse measurements? It depends on your distance. And now I'm in a, in a metric countries with Celsius. It's much easier to explain in Celsius what it is because uh, 1,000 meter, it's like uh, 3,000 feet. Uh, if I remember correctly, yep. uh, one degree Celsius change will on, will have one millimeter impact uh, on that distance. Uh, but I can guess that most people doing traverse they are not on 1,000 meter, uh, so it will not really have that big impact for normal. If you don't really have really really long legs, then you have to be very accurate with your temperature. Uh, the next problem with that would be that that is the average temperature over a long distance. Uh, so you have to more or less measure it on more than one place to be sure that it is correct. Especially if it's different elevations between these two points. The temperature on, on, on the way between these two points could be different as well with a couple of degrees. Next question is, um, what would be your preferred distance between control points on a traverse? Yeah, uh, I would say like uh, 
150, 200 meter is probably good enough uh, if you want it accurate. It's depending also if you want uh, elevations in the same time. Uh, then you will have actually more challenges. I, that was my session I had two weeks ago. It was about ground refraction and I could see uh, up to 150 meter it was, uh, was good. Uh, but if you go beyond that, you get the ground refraction problem that will decrease your heights. But if you don't concern about your heights, you can yeah you can go up to 300 meter or uh, something. But uh, it depends on the result you want. The longer you go, the the more other impacts you will have. The, sorry, I just had to read yeah. this one twice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I might have to read it twice for you. We'll see. Uh, the 0.001 millimeter in the instrument base gives six seconds deviation, I think. Yep. Surely we can check the prism traverse adapter off is if it's off level or sorry. Surely we can check the prism traverse adapter off level tri-rack using the instrument. Yeah, that was probably the answer I tried to give that you should not use this ones as a reference. Could it be like that? Uh, oh, maybe. Uh, as I said, on, on this slide, when you have this 0 0.001 millimeter uh, deviation, give you 60 seconds. Uh, but I mean, you, when you calibrate your instrument, it, that one will aut automatically be good. And uh, as I said, don't put in uh, anything else there and try to say that this is the perfect leveling. Okay. I hope that um, was the answer on, yeah, on that. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, send, send another question into the link if, I, if we got mm. that wrong, if I asked yep. it wrong. Yep. Do you have any recommended prisms to do traverses with? Yeah, we basically only have one, and that is the one I have showed here. Uh, our Trimble Traverse target is the one that is most accurate. Uh, we have optimized all mounting of this prism inside uh, this, this metallic frame and everything. So it's optimized for Traverse and have better specs than, uh, than anything else. Uh, so. That is our best recommendation prism to use the traverse prism we have. What's the biggest cause of error during a traverse? No, uh, that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah, I think that is typically when people forget about the simple stuff that you maybe measure wrong heights or key in wrong prism and, and so on. Uh, in other case, it's not much you can do wrong. I mean, it's all of this human things that you need to key in your what is your station what is your backside what is your foresight what height do you have there and and so on i mean everything that is human things that is probably the biggest instruments will be good and i can also add to this that i didn't say actually as long i guess most of all people are doing two fish measurements with the instrument then we actually cancel out everything around not calibration of the compensator or uh, calibration of the tracker. Most people use the tracker uh, 
but it also take away if you do manual reading. So do two-phase, then that is the best data you can get in exactly that direction and at that time when you measure these points. So two-phase is really recommended to raise your accuracy on your traverse. Next question. Um... When should the base level be calibrated or how often should it be calibrated? It's fairly easy to do a quick when you're out there. You just put it up and you turn it around 180 degrees. And if it's uh, within your expected tolerances, you don't need to do anything. Uh, it probably depends on a little bit how much it's used, how it's get up and down in the case and so on. Uh, I don't really have at my next study to see how often you should calibrate things. Uh, I haven't really got to that uh, piece yet to see what the recommendation is. We typically, I say, uh, have a check on it uh, when it's time to do something accurate. But it's quick to check, so I would say it's not really anything that should take any time for you, and then you have a good view of how it looks like. Okay, sorry, I, I just sent someone a clarification on one question. Um, mm -hmm. Someone asked, uh, why don't you disable the compensator, like the tick box in access? Uh, why we don't disable it? Was that the question? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can do it. Uh, but then your heights will definitely not be that accurate uh, and if you measure in a steeper angles you will also have problems uh, with it so i know we we never recommend to disable the compensator uh, it's not really any use case i would say if you want anything good uh do you, do you recommend using an optical plummet tri-rack during traverses, precise traverses. Uh, what was the question? Are you using an optical plummet instead of a laser plummet? Okay, an optical plummet instead of a laser plummet. Was that the question? Yes, for accurate. Okay. I don't think it matter. Uh, as good as they are, are good. The laser plummets are typically also good. So I would say both of them will probably work. Uh, I don't see your problem with that. Great. Um, what would you say is the maximum distance you should be measuring an EDM using a total station? Or like maximum, yeah. Yeah, the EDM, we have a more or less over capacity on the EDMs today. I would say, uh, I mean, the spec, we say five kilometer on it, 5,000 meter. It's very, very long. Uh, I have tried to measure it and you barely don't see your target. You have to do manual aiming as, as the track, you won't see it. So uh, I think most people do GPS on this really long baselines today. I mean, that was back in the old days uh, when we were doing Traverse and want to have long legs on it. Today, I, I can't really see too many people doing that. That's my guess, at least. 
Yeah. Uh, next question. Uh, so in reality, if the instrument reports the compensators within range, then the leveling is sufficient for work and there's no need to keep trying to perfectly center the level bubble. Is that correct? Yep, it's it's really accurate all the way out to when it's say out of range. We actually the compensator range is actually much much wider outside that as well, but we don't really want to use it to secure your uh, accuracy. Uh, so it's it's uh, it doesn't drop any accuracy even close to the range limit. It's still really really accurate all the way out. Next question, um, how do you do a traverse adjustment using Trimble equipment? So I, I think they're asking about um, in like in Trimble access, how to do it versus um, or in our field or office software. Yeah, I typically just do the rounds uh, that I then bring in to TBC for further uh, uh, yeah. Processing. Yeah, that's. I think that's what most people do. Um, measuring rounds in in Trimble Access and then doing the adjustment itself in Trimble Business Center, our um, office software. But if you do want to do the adjustment in the field, it's in the Kogo menu inside of Trimble Access. Okay, uh, I haven't question. used that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no worries. Um, Okay, um, someone's asking about a, like, it's a general traversing method question. They're asking if, is it useful to, um, when possible, to survey, like, additional stations other than just the backsite to create triangles within the traverse? Uh, I think he wants to do some tuple points in the same time. Um, yeah, the, just saying, could we like survey common points to, I think, add additional um, strength to the like geometry of it is my guess. Oh uh, yeah, you can, uh, of course, uh, if you have chance to measure across and not just going in the, each, if you can see uh, more than all your points from one setup, you can re-measure all of them, of course, that's may much, much better. Uh, depending on the site. I mean, you should measure all points when you, if you do a real traverse or Oh, Robert, you cut out a little bit. That's more or less a real network. Uh, then it's, uh, of course, better. Um, would someone mind commenting and let me know if uh, they also lost Robert's audio or if it's just me? Okay, yeah, not just no, me. It's... Thank you. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so, Robert, we we lost you there. Can you please repeat that? Oh, when did you lose me? During the last question yeah okay yeah what i understand if if you have a, a, a points visible more than just your foresight and backside if you have 
other points that you will use in the network you can of course measure them across it will be like, like more like a complete network instead of a traditional traverse uh, so every everything more that you can measure to to get the better strengths in your uh, network that will of course help a lot perfect um the so back to a question from earlier uh i have to scroll through these uh when we were asking about the 0 0.001 mm -hmm. millimeters in the instrument base uh he was asking whether the like just checking the math is correct and it's 60 seconds of deviation and not six seconds Oh, he coming to six. I, um, no, it's it's sixty. Uh, it depends. Probably you have to count on your radius on on your uh, or your height up to your instrument. These ones okay. I have verified with uh, our engineers, so I uh, <laughs> I would Pretty say confident. we are we are fairly yeah I'm fairly comfortable. But let me know if you have any, we can tell you how to calculate it. Perfect. Um, so we had one question come in in Spanish and my Spanish isn't great. So I copied and pasted that into Google and we'll <laughs> see if we can um, answer this one. Um, uh, what impact does a what, I guess, what impact is there on a station point that you've been on for a long time and the sun rotates like over you and heats the tripod legs in a like kind of differently from each other? Yeah. Um, and then that would cause some rotation of the legs with yeah. respect yeah. to the point. Yeah, uh, that's probably uh on my next web or I, I will cover this one uh i haven't signed in for that webinar yet uh, so i don't know when it's going to happen but it it will come within a couple of weeks i would imagine and that's uh, that's a really uh challenging uh everything you put up on your tripod and the longer time it stays there the more the risk is that the, the instruments or, the, or the, the tripods are drifting around and and you will lose your original horizontal angle. Uh, but it's uh, fairly randomly. So some days it, you maybe don't see it and some other days you, you can see it. So it's, uh, and it could be fairly big errors as well. Uh, is, so the, I, is that next webinar already, already scheduled? Like, no, it's not that I haven't submitted that one yet, uh, but I'm going to do it. Uh, so that will be around, uh, yeah, your stationing and the horizontal angles uh, when you're losing and why you're losing it. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so look out for that webinar for more, <laughs> more information. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I like this question. We've gotten this one a few times in the past uh, what's your opinion of using robotics to measure a traverse i'm i'm guessing they like they're talking about you know auto lock yeah yeah basically uh, it it would be 
at least as good as doing it manually. I have tried both, but uh, they are always ending up with the same. It, it's other things that probably makes it different uh, if you don't get it perfectly. Uh, I would say the tracker is actually, I would say better than manual aiming because during the measurement time when we're measuring an angle and distance, we, we do a lot of averaging of the horizontal angle and vertical angle due to maybe turbulences in the air that you know when you try to aim with your servo knobs to the point and then you can see maybe the point is moving a little bit from and back and so on and, and, and the tracker actually do this a little bit for you and you get it uh, more uh, average automatically from it so but basically you can do it manual as well and uh, I, I don't really see any big difference uh, so and I guess most people, as long as they have a chance, they run it with the tracker. And, and, and I say that's highly recommended to do. All right, uh, next one's more of a general question. Uh, what is the best practice for establishing control over a long linear project, such as a road, where both mm. GPS and total stations will be used? Yeah. That's a that's a challenging one. Uh, <laughs> I, know. I haven't done any one for a long time, so uh, there are probably others that knows better how to really do that together with GPS uh, today. I don't really actually can say what the best would be, how to combine that, uh, and I don't really know what long means either. If it's like kilometer, or if it's really really 10 times longer than that uh, so it's a, it's a challenging all of these uh, long narrow traverse networks um, yeah no i don't really have a any better answer on it actually yeah me neither sorry mm. um what is the best time i think time of day for doing a traverse yeah. It's like uh, on my last webinar when I was talking about this uh, ground refraction problem and that's basically mostly impact your heights and that, that is a, a cloudy day is better than doing a sunny day because you get uh, more turbulence and airs and, and then of course early mornings are better than mid of the day and so on. So it's winter days are even better but everyone can't wait really wait for it. but really high temperatures you have more challenging in these days uh, uh, I, this is an interesting one i hadn't heard this before uh, on offshore structures such as oil platforms uh, with there like there are small periodical oscillations is it yeah. recommended to keep the compensator turned on or off yeah these ones are very very more special different because uh, maybe the vertical will also move together with everything i mean you have a platform that is moving uh, so the question is if the height is according to that moving platform or if it's the real height uh, i think i have seen or heard people doing and, and the distances are also very very short 
so I, what I have heard on these type of things, because the compensator will be out of range very quickly uh, on these, that you can turn it off and and still uh, do it. But that's based on that your distances are uh, quite short, and maybe you have to check up your heights in a in another way because the position of the point will still be good then it's, it's the height that will be the main problem and, and and the platform is also where is the height is it the real height or the according to to the object itself when it's moving um the how are we doing on time like this webinar was supposed to go until nine right <laughs> yeah okay I, I think let's answer as many questions as we can in the next 10 yeah. minutes and then um, uh, after so that many, okay. we can yeah we can try to, well, like we can try to answer afterwards typing the answers <laughs> if we can um, how do you calibrate the optical plummet of a tribrac uh, the optical plummet on the tribrac okay uh, on you see my mouse this one you see yes. it? My mouse. Yeah, sorry, I had to move my other window. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, these are fairly easy because when you have uh, uh, calibrated your instruments, you have everything up set up. There are three screws in the bottom, and the tools are in your instrument box case. Should be there if no one have taken them out. And uh, as there are three screws, you use you screw on the one that looks most most sense they are fairly easy to to adjust the only thing that you can't really just tighten them all the time because after a while you will probably break it so it has to be a little bit sensitive of course uh, but i have never really heard anyone doing any uh, bad things uh, on them and they are i think there are spare parts on it if you destroy it i would say fairly easy to adjust uh, them Okay, next question. Uh, could you traverse with reflectorless DR turned on? Yeah, you can. Uh, I would say still the prism is what we prefer, uh, but that's basically not really any bigger differences. Uh, I mean, the traverse prism is optimized for its center position and everything around that, uh, but you can, of course, do it with your, but expect slightly less good accurate accuracy on it but we're talking just millimeter differences I would say very small um, is it okay to use different types of prisms during traversing such as a 360 prism yeah that's uh, about the same again uh, they are less accurate but you can mix if you want to but expect slightly worse result uh, is what you can what we can say yep definitely uh they also asked if it's okay to use different types like from seco i think that's yeah. probably because the yeah yeah exactly um general traverse question where short control legs are required through a site traverse like less than 50 meters for accuracy, would you try to keep the backsight and foresight a similar length, or would you always come off, um, like 
making each leg as long as possible. Yeah, that's a challenge if you have a very short backside and try to shoot something very long after that. Uh, I, I would try to avoid it to be really two big differences at least. I mean, don't do like five times the backside, maybe twice or not more than that. Um, I think maybe we covered this earlier, but there, someone's asking, is manual aiming better than auto lock mm -hmm. and a 360 yeah. prism? Yeah, yeah, we covered that, I would say. I would say manual or auto lock are equal good. But it's easier to be focused by using a tracker instead of try to look through the telescope a whole day. So I would say in the long term, it would be better with a tracker. Can heights be ignored during a traverse if you're planning on leveling points with a precise level? I think so. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, you can just run it and, and ignore that you will get maybe warnings for heights. I haven't really done that, so I'm not sure what the real answer is. Uh, but I assume that you can really just run it without keying in any instrument and target heights and and just get the position and then do some type of denian and add that heights instead. Um, kind of a general total station question. Uh, what impact do the error values have that you're given when collimating? Okay. Uh, one, one more squeaked in there. They even said yep. one last question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, on my site, control points are 500 meters apart. I plan on putting control points in every 100 meters in between. Can I set a new point, record the position with GPS, and then use those coordinates in the instrument, but use the bearing and distance instead of the coordinates? I think it's saying bearing and distance from the yeah. total station instead of, yeah. Uh, nothing I know exactly how it works, actually. Uh, I don't know if you do or if we had to check it out with uh, other so I have to check it with other, pardon? Yeah, I, I don't really know uh, the answer on it. So if you don't know Chantel, then nope. uh, we have to go and check it uh, afterwards with someone. Uh, Sounds good. Okay. Uh, not 100% sure what the question is about, but uh, the I mean, the instrument has a collimation error that you can measure up and, and store and that that more or less just to secure that you can get accurate measurement in, in one phase. And as I said before, as long as you do two-phase measurements, you, you you don't have to bother about uh, it. You maybe can see when you do a traverse that it indicates that you have uh, deviations from uh, your rounds in phase one and phase two. That means that your single-phase measurement would be good for, to get the instrument calibration on it. Uh, but in other case, we is for single phase measurements. Why we do this collimation measurements for traverse or two phase? We they are cancelled out automatically. Well, thanks everyone for joining for the webinar, and and thanks Robert for this presentation and answering all the questions. Um, I'll, there's a few I have flagged. I'll follow up with you guys afterwards. Yeah, I think that's all. Good. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.